Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by CoachMe Plus. CoachMe Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that we've been lucky enough to implement here for over two years now. The product in and of itself is exactly what you need it to be, guys, with options ranging from being a workout provider, as in sending the workout directly to the student-athlete's phones, to being a place where you can communicate with them and bring together multiple streams of data to be its own dashboard for you, your coaching staff, or the athletes. Or you can use what we've added to our, our menu of Coach Me Plus activities, and that's Hydration Station, where all of this information that is provided is based off of research from the Corey Stringer Institute, where we're looking at weighing in versus weighing out and then providing optimal hydration uh, strategies for the student-athletes by them selecting through the menu and tapping on what they'll take home with them and what they're consuming prior to the next practice um, when all the numbers at the top are lined up green. It's something we've had really good success with and the kids have really bought in on. Just another great example of the awesome product that you can find at coachmeplus.com. Guys, hop over to coachmeplus.com today and check it out. It's a product I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Hey, everybody. If you enjoy the podcast and the content it provides, be sure to hop over and check out the community. The community is an exclusive members website that is just an extension of what we do here in July at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar. What it is is a combination of video lectures, a coach's corner with your Monday morning take-home information, and a forum where you can talk about anything and everything related to the field of strength and conditioning. In the community, you'll find content added each month from some of the top practitioners in the world, ranging from PhDs to high-level coaches, bringing you exactly what they're doing with their athletes or their research at the present moment. On top of that, an additional discussion by coaches bringing you that Monday morning information, things that you can add to your training program right away. Tying that in with the opportunity to discuss with coaches around the world in the forum on anything and everything from the topics addressed in these presentations to whatever you're seeing in your daily life as a coach. If this sounds like the right thing for you and your staff, go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com community and try it out for 48 hours for just a dollar. If you like it, you're signed up, ready to roll, and you're jumping into all the great content added each month. If not, feel free to go ahead and cancel at any time. No questions asked. We're really excited about what we're building in the community and hope you are too. Go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com community and check it out today. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we are talking long-term athletic development with Jeremy Frisch. Guys, Jeremy is going to talk to us about where his plan came from how he's developed the long-term athletic development model up there in Massachusetts. And we're going to get into everything they're doing up there to achieve performance, to how he breaks down the program piece by piece and step by step, including all of his progressions, regressions, and how maturity and physical development impact how they're programming. Guys, this is an absolutely fantastic talk. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Jeremy, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today, man. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, but so listen, for for the person or two listening that doesn't know who you are, how about we give them the, yep. the Cliff Notes intro real quick? Sure. So uh, my name is Jeremy Frisch. I uh, live up here in uh, Clinton, Massachusetts. I uh, I have my own uh, my own facility called Achieve Performance Training. 
And, uh, you know, prior to that, I was at, I was college strength and conditioning coach with, uh, you know, Jeff Oliver up at Holy Cross. Um, so I kind of been in the private and, the you know, the college, the college arena as well. Um, what else? I, uh, I coach youth sports too. So I coach youth football, not very good youth football coach, but I love it. Um, coach youth basketball, coach youth baseball, and I uh, even tried my hand a year in uh, coaching youth lacrosse. Um, and though, so I got four kids all under 10. Uh, so it's pretty crazy, you know, having them around, but it's also nice to be able to be with them and, and coach them and, and stuff like that. So that's pretty much, that's pretty much week to week. What I'm dealing with is my facility, you know, and, and my kids and their sports and coaching. And then once a week you get to sleep for an hour. Once a week I get to sleep. Yeah. Yep. I got a couch in my office at the gym and, uh, I use that. I, I use that it. a lot. I love it. A hustler. I freaking love it. So, Jeremy, we were just talking before. You guys got some interesting stuff going on up there when we're talking about a long-term athletic development model, a unique one. Let's talk about where that idea came from and and where it's going because this is something that that seems to be a sexy topic right now, but I don't think coaches really have an idea of what they're trying to do. Sure. So I think for me, obviously having kids started – probably started that this this thinking because I wanted I wanted them to have access and I wanted them to be able to to be exposed to you know certain not just training but you know just enough movement well as they're growing up so they're <clears throat> when they do get older whether they play sports or not they want to be competent movers so they can go out and do fun stuff and not be stuck you know hurt or out of shape or overweight or any of those things so I wanted to start them off on the right foot um somebody I think I think Years ago, I noticed maybe some late middle school, high school athletes, even college athletes, when they first started training, I felt like I had trouble getting those athletes to do the things I want them to do. And um, my thoughts were, well, obviously, you can try to do things to do corrective exercise, things like that. But my thoughts were like, I wish I had these guys earlier. I wish I had them years before to teach them these things so when the time is right, and you do want to start a more organized training program, they'll be ready to go. And so that's kind of where my whole, that whole line of thinking started. And the more, then the more I started looking into it, you know, I went to school for phys ed. Um, and so it basically for me, it was just going back and, and looking over the things that I learned in college. And uh, there's a great book, um, science, uh, not science of sports training, um, children in sports training and uh, by Joe Drabick. You know, and it talks a lot in that book about, um, you know, coordination development and, you know, though coordination development is best kind of exposed to children between the ages of like four and 12. So I was like, that's where I need to be. That's who I need to be working with. This is these are the things that we need to be doing with kids. They don't get enough of it. You know, they might think my kids have phys ed once every eight days. Right. So I think. Yeah. So the kids, you know, the school is doing a great job of teaching kids how to write and read and, and do all those things. But phys ed's kind of fallen by the wayside. When we were kids, you know, I had I had gym three times a week. I had recess three times a day. You know, we had these mo- we had opportunities to move, <clears throat> you know, when we were kids so much more than kids do now. And then on the other side of it is kids are getting involved in sports at younger and younger ages. You know, you can start playing football at like five or six. You can start playing soccer at like age four. So kids are getting into organized sports way before they're even ready, 
coordinated enough, you know, athletic enough to be able to figure out how to really be good at those sports. Now they, they understand, they figure it out. They do get better because you practice anything, you get better. But down the line, there's no, there's no foundation to stand on. There's no platform for them to get better. They kind of just have these skills at this one sport and, and they, they don't really have the athleticism to go along with it because like, you know, at a certain point when kids start to grow up, right. There's not only the sports skill that you need, but there's a certain physicality that comes with every game. I mean, soccer, basketball, football, baseball, you name it. Like the big, strong kids. Those are the kids that, that, uh, you know, survive. And so I think I see a lot, especially being in like the youth game, like coaching all these different sports, I see a lot of kids coming up through the system, playing different sports. They might be big and strong as just naturally big and strong kids, but then they get to a point where, you know, everyone catches up, you know? So I think it's really in this country, it's like, let's, they learn sports first. And then later on, we try to catch up with the strength and conditioning stuff. Yeah. So with me, I'm like, well, I want to teach this stuff right away. I want kids to start off on the right foot. If we can't just do that first, because I know kids aren't going to stop playing sports when they're young, but maybe we can simultaneously develop athleticism and, you know, at the same time as they develop their their sports skills. So, you know, this year coaching youth football, like fifth and sixth graders, we would spend, you know, a good 15, 20 minutes of every practice in the beginning doing strength conditioning stuff, you know, like good warm-ups you know, coordination skills, skip, hop, shuffle, jump, roll. You know, we do those things prior to every practice before we start hitting and doing passes and, you know, all the football stuff that you typically do in practice. We spend a period where we do athletic stuff. And uh, come to find out, you know, I was just kind of doing this stuff on my own. But USA Football has been really trying to push that for the past few years as well. So I kind of got connected them, got connected with USA Football and Andy, Andy Ryland, who works with those guys and Joe Eisman. Um, Great those guy. guys. Yeah. You know, and they're really trying to do that. And I saw that and I'm like, wow, this is, this is great. Cause this, that stuff really excites me being able to connect, you know, football and strength and strength and conditioning together on the field or even in the gym. How can we do both things? How can we work on technique? How can we work on being in better position? Not only just athletic position, but also, using that as a platform to get in better football position, you know, or, or basketball position, whatever it is, we're trying to, whatever sport we're working with. You know, so I, that's where I, I think I'm really heading as far as like, how can we bridge the gap between youth sports and youth, youth training? I love it. Yeah, absolutely love it. So let's get into it. Yeah. What, what, what are you guys doing? What's it looking like? How are you breaking it down? Yeah. Because yep. this is not a small project. No, it's not. So, I mean, I have, I have my son who's four, who's a nut. He's the youngest one in the other, out of my four kids. So he's probably the youngest kid who comes down here, but we have a group of, of kids that start, you know, kind of in kindergarten. So uh, kindergarten's first grade, second grade, and that program goes twice a week. Okay. And that group it's, you know, we set up it's not really coaching. It's more like, like, let's do this. Let's play this game. Let's play that game. But the idea is, is to get those kids through the games and through the activities we do into the different positions we want. So, for example, you know, I set up an obstacle course, right? And I'm asking these kids to duck under a hurdle. Well, every time they duck under a hurdle, they're squatting. You know, they don't know that. No one else knows that, but I know it. You know it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, 
you know, if, if I set up a, a low barrier where the kids have to crawl under it, well, they're doing bear crawls. I don't have to teach them. They're just going to automatically crawl under that. You know what I mean? Um, you know, we play games where we play tag, but you have to play tag on one foot. So you're hopping around. So you're great, getting great stability, coordination, development on one leg. Um, you know, we do different things just like I have the kids jump up on the bars and who can hang the longest, you know, through grip strength, things like that. Those are all things that kids love, different activities that they totally get into and they just having fun. But I, in back of my mind is we're, we're, we're doing you know, we're training their bodies to be more, uh, to be stronger, more resilient, you know, faster, whatever it is really at the end of the day, what I'm looking at is I want a more coordinated kid. hundred percent. I love this. Yeah. I, as a, yeah. As a PE so, teacher myself, a PE major, yep. I love this. Yeah. So, and I think they don't get it. They're not getting it anywhere else. No. So the only other thing those kids do, I know for a fact, the only other activities those kids do is maybe recess for a half hour a day. And then, you know, whatever sport they're their parents got them involved in, but you know, that, you know, it's very organized and it's very get in line and do this drill or that drill. So I know what we're doing is totally not organized. It's wide open space. We run around, we chase each other. We, you know, we play dodgeball. We play all the old games that we used to do. So that's where we start at that age. We have another group of kids that come in a couple of days a week that are a little bit older. So it's basically third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. And here, this is where we start to introduce things. You know, we do a normal warm up. You know, we do, we warm up doing skips and and uh, you know, like your 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 basic stuff that I would do with even the colder kids or college kids. We we would we would do uh, high knees. We would do you know backwards runs, just basic movement skills, warming up things like that. Um, we start to teach them how to to get in position. We teach them how to squat, uh, how to reach, how to uh, uh, how to lunge. You know, we do those things kind of rudimentary. Um, sometimes it works great. Depends on who you're working with. Cause again, that age they're they're still wanting to like, just rip around and have fun and get after it. They don't really want to be held down and say, Oh, we're going to do this exercise. They don't think in those terms. Um, so with that group, what, one of the things we really, really do a lot of is set up obstacle courses. So the thing I love about obstacle courses is that every single, um, obstacle they have to kind of figure out how to get over it, how to get under it, you know, how to climb on it. So we basically set it up and we just let them, we don't really teach them. We just let them kind of figure out how to, how to make their way through it. Um, and what I love about it is the way I set, I try to set it up is that we, we, you have to do these different exercises. So we have this thing where we, you know, we, it's like a, it's like a, uh, it's like a lunge, but it's a, we call it an animal, uh, uh, monster walk. And so the kids have to like get really low and, and walk into like a low lunge area, uh, a low lunge position. Um, we set up, a, like I was saying before, we set up a barrier where the kids have to get on their belly and do like a army crawl. Uh, we set up hurdles where they have to duck under and jump over. We have barriers where they have to work on vaulting, where they come over and use their hands to like lift their feet over. Um, we have this system. Uh, it's called the patch. And it's basically these planks, different platforms and planks that all attach together and different uh you know, different, you can set up in so many different ways, but, uh, the kids have to bear crawl on them. They have to, uh, they have to crab walk on them. They have, they can jump over them. They can jump off them, you know, talk about like altitude drops that you might do, you know, you might read in like super training, you know, we got kids doing those all day in there. Cause we're setting up the obstacles where they have to go flying, leaping off, uh, different, different heights of, uh, of, uh, platforms, you know, and every time a kid lands, 
they got to kind of figure out how to land. Some kids can land and stick a landing. Some kids land and roll because they kind of figure that out. Other kids. So it, it gives them an opportunity to try to figure out how to move. And there's, you know, I just kind of, when, when they do come in, I let them, I let them kind of, uh, go through the obstacle course as many times as they want. Um, I don't really tell them like, Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do this many times, or we're going to, you know, you got to, uh, do this many reps. We just kind of let them go and, and they rest when they want to rest and they go when they want to go. So it's really, for me, the obstacle course, people look at it as like, Oh, it's just fun. But the way I try to set it up, I want them to learn movement skills while they do it. And obviously conditioning as well, which is important at their age. Cause let's be honest, they're sitting in school all day. They're not getting anything done as far as, you know, metabolic type work. I love it. Yeah. So it's really, it's fun. It's been, it's exciting. Uh, it's, the, the kids are nuts. You know, it's a lot of energy in the room. Um, and, and the way, and, and, and you know, what's really funny too is like, when the younger kids are in there, right, every now and then, like, I'll set up an obstacle course and, like, a high school kid will come over and be like, hey, coach, you uh, you think I can get you think I can get in on this? You know, because they're still kids. So they want to they want to try to do that stuff and race each other. And uh, and it's great because everyone in the gym kind of gets excited for that stuff. I love it. I, I love it. Now, let's let's talk about the kids as they start aging up even more. So now you're you're up to high school ish, middle school, high yep. school age kids. And yep. Then, so we go uh, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, even freshmen. Those, so that's another group, and those guys. And this is where we really start to organize training, right? So they're going to come in. We're going to spend the first probably forty-five minutes of our training session doing, um, you know, plyometrics. We're going to do or jump training. You know, we're going to do medicine ball work. We're going to do core work. We're going to still do. You know, I do a lot of warm-ups where we do. We're still doing. You know, somersaults and rolls. Uh, we're stepping over and ducking under hurdles. We're still bear crawling. I, I kind of keep try to keep some of the things we do with the kids, but I shift it towards the warm up so the kids don't ever lose that that type of uh, activity, you know. Um, and the kids, because that's the thing too. I think once those kids start to hit their growth spurt and they grow, so they you know they start to really sprout up. Everything in their life kind of changes, and they don't do kid stuff anymore. And I think. I think for us, it's the same thing in a gym. Like, all right, well, you're old enough now. You're mature enough now. You're going to do more organized, typical strength and strength and conditioning. And I'm like, well, maybe we should somewhere, you know, in their in their training, keep the stuff that they used to do when they were younger kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I shift that stuff over and we just we warm up with it. We're going to do a small obstacle course to warm up. Or like I said, we'll get on the mats and do you know, forward rolls, we'll do backward shoulder rolls, we'll do uh, multiple direction, uh, bear crawls or crab walks in multiple directions. Uh, other things like I call floor work, where we're doing like different type of, like you're in basically in a, in a bear crawl position, but you're lifting, you know, your hand and feet off the ground and trying to touch in the middle. So different like coordination type exercises that allow kids to kind of really have to work and, and, uh, and, you know, cross the midline of the body, things like that. So we do all that stuff still, we just take 10 minutes and do it in the beginning. Um, and then after that, we'll, you know, we, we start to teach kids how to like do mobility work and we stretch, we do, um, like I said before, plyometrics, we'll do med ball work. We start to get into just basic acceleration work 
you know, we just get them in a, in a good athletic position and, and try to teach them how to accelerate and use their arms and push, put force into the ground and all stuff like that. Um, and then that's, that'll usually take, like I said, about 30 to 45 minutes. And then from there we hit strength training, right? So depending on the kid, depending on how mature he is, depending on what level he's at, as far as like physically, you know, mobility, we look at him and how he moves, you know, we'll start teaching them basic strength exercises, whether it's just a body weight squat or a goblet squat. Some kids can come in and, and I got a seventh grade girl and she does, you know, she does power cleans and chin ups. And I mean, she trains like some of the college guys do because she's just she's pretty athletic and, and she picked up everything so fast. Other kids, there's a kid that comes in who's also in seventh grade, hasn't hit his growth spurt yet. He's got ADHD. So his his uh, ability to kind of keep on task is kind of. Um, you know, he doesn't always stay on task when we ask him. So he's doing more stuff like the younger kids where he's like doing monkey bars. I got him doing somersaults. Uh, I have him push a sled. He loves pushing the sled. So I just try to find like each kid's, you know, obviously every kid at that age is developing in, at different rates. Every kid's kind of unique at that age. And we're at a period, I think we're in a time period where, you know, kids are have, have different issues. Um, whether it's ADD, ADHD, you know, things like that, where you have to kind of figure out what's going to, what's going to make them want to be here and, and, and put the effort in and not get bored or want to go do something else. So I really try to figure that out with those, especially that age is because, um, you know, they're changing so much. There's so much going on up to, up upstairs, you know? So, um, and I, I'll tell you what, Training wise, I would say that's probably my favorite age group to work with because you can teach them so much and do so much with them in, during that time period. Um, and yeah, and then after that, it's high school, high school and, and, and beyond. You know, we have some college kids, not a ton, but we usually get like in the area, we get like some division three, division two kids who come in and train with us. And that kind of brings me back to what I did when I was working in the, the college, the college level. So and I love it, too. It's different. It's a different it's different, you know, it's more organized and those kids are there to work hard. And so you shift gears from, you know, like trying to figure out how to have fun with the kids and then to, to be more serious and, and, and having to push the kids. So that's kind of achieve performance through the, through the years. I love it. Progressive with checks and balances built in and still the ability to allow those who are going to be the outliers in a positive or a negative sense to move forward or be regressed in a meaningful manner that's going to allow them to continually develop. Sure. Sure. That's what we, you know, which we try to do. And I guess I was saying the biggest issue with young kids is trying to figure out maturity wise where they're at. Cause you can look at a kid and, and he might be in seventh grade, but maturity wise, he might only be in like, you know, uh, emotionally he might be a fourth grader. Right. So this kid might be a, he might be a tank. He might be knocking kids around the football field and then you yell at him and he, you know, not yell at him, but you get on his case, you try to push him or maybe he's being a pain in the butt and you, you say something to him and he, and he, and he's over in the, in the corner, kind of like upset and crying because emotionally he just hasn't developed because kids develop these psychologically, emotionally, physically, they, they develop at different rates, right? So part of working with kids is trying to figure out where those kids are at. You might have a kid who's physically not even close, right? He's, he's, he might be sixth grade, but four, he might be a fourth grader, but but he might be smart as a whip and emotionally he might be, you know, sound and resilient. So what do you do with that kid? Well, you know, physically he's not that strong yet, but 
he'll he'll listen to you and he'll do what you tell him and and he'll work hard. So it takes each kid's like kind of a different a different uh, you know like I said they're unique so you got to kind of figure out where they're at and, and go from there. I love it, man. I really do. And you know, and this is something that I think Jeff Oliver is a guy that is on my list of coaches that I need to meet because I'll tell you, man, the, the people, he's one of those guys that like quietly has a tree of people that are doing amazing things like people yeah. that have worked with him or under him. And this is a prime example of this. I mean, and now the scariest thing is I live in a state where I have kids who are in a top 10 in the country swim program coming to me trying to use our dry land sessions as take home gym. You heard yep. that right. Take yeah. home. How do you take gym home? Like, I can't right. get a kettlebell on a flight. How are you taking gym home? Right. And we wonder why these kids need all these drugs because they can't pay attention or like, why we've got people that weigh 500 pounds and you can't get them to walk downstairs anymore. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So Jeff, actually, it's kind of funny. He runs a summer program. So when I was working for him, so he gives, he just has a lot of middle school and high school kids who come up during the summertime and, uh, at the, at the, at the, at Holy Cross. And he decided to start like a little kids program. He's like, what do you think? You want to take, you want to do it? I'm like, I'll take those kids. So first thing in the morning, I would have like 12, 12, 15, like eight to eight to 11 year olds. And, and, uh, you know, I don't, I, I kind of was working at that time. I'm, I'm a lot, I'm much better now, but kind of the seat of my pants, I was just making stuff up on the fly, um, with that program. But I loved it so much, and 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 uh, I really started to like think to myself, well, maybe maybe my what I really want to do is to work with this age group more than not that I don't love working in college, the college setting, but I think maybe I could do the my best job and do the best, you know, what what I can give kids and give back to the industry is with this age, you know, this age level. So that's kind of where it started too. I love it. I love it. So. So now yeah, it's, it, it's a blast. Think, where do you see this going? How do you see this evolving? Well, I think that I don't, the, the thing for me with, with where I, like I was saying before, I was, I was working really hard with trying to figure out how we can get the word out to sport organizations about teaching coaches, which is tough, right? Cause they're mom. And, most of the coaches are mom and pop coaches, right? How can we, get the word out and, or how can I get the word out to, to coaches or organizations and teach them how they can implement some of this stuff in practice, right? In, in sport practice. Cause ultimately those kids is, that's what they're really doing. You know, I see kids twice, two or three times a week, but some of these kids are at their sports practice three, four times a week and they're there all year round. You know what I mean? Or there's, even if there's changing, they're changing uh, sports, you know, how can we get these organizations to teach coaches to do more athletic type stuff um, with their athletes rather than just working on sports skill? You know, I think that's where we can really make a difference. And how do we do that? I don't know. I, I know, I know I'm doing it with my kids, you know, the, the teams that I coach and then I help, I try to put it in 
to the other parents and coaches that I know that are working with other teams, right? Mm-hmm. But that's just tiny, right? It's in my town. How can I get it out wider? So that's why I think working with USA Football and trying to connect with those guys because they have such a huge, you know, their platform's huge. Using that to get the word out to help coaches, you know, hundred percent. And this yeah. is exactly what Dr. Joe is talking about. Yeah. Every conversation yep. I've had with him about this topic, these are, I mean, this. When you talk to to him, I can only imagine how how much he lit up, because this is. I yeah. can't imagine this doing anything other than than getting him roll. Yep, yep, and we we've we've gone back and forth on it, and uh, and I and then last week I was, you know, I was uh, talking to Andy Ryland, and he him and I were going back and forth about some like you know uh, he had these ideas about using some wrestling techniques, where you know things like just uh, hand fighting and shoulder shoulder fighting and pummeling and things that you would use in wrestling. How can we use those as a platform to start to teach? contact drills to young kids right because i think i know there's there's this this big school of thought with football like oh you don't need to teach the the kids don't need to play contact till they're older which is fine i get it but if the kids are playing contact when they're younger we better be teaching those kids how to tackle oh 100 we better be teaching them how to tackle with the best form possible oh i could not agree anymore with that right and and part of that is getting kids comfortable uh getting kids comfortable and not only tackling, but blocking as well, mm-hmm. getting kids comfortable in close quarter. I'm, and it's not combat, but in close quarters, right. getting kids comfortable, pushing each other, pulling each other, you know, using their hands, using their legs. How do you, so I think some of those wrestling drills that, that are around are a perfect way to be able to, to do that, you know? Um, so him and I were going back and forth and I posted a little video with his permission on, uh, on, uh, on Twitter, um, it, you know, guys were, were pumped for it. They were loving it. Um, and it was just like my son who's 10 working with the wrestling coach, doing some of those drills and some of, some, some of the things that you can do, which are really simple, which you could easily put into a practice period, you know? So, <clears throat> and you don't want to know what some of those things you can do with basketball, you know, mm-hmm. or just change it a little bit to, to, to teach kids how to box out, you know, just, get kids to be able to understand where their bodies need to be and not be scared of contact and, and to, to learn, teach them how to be aggressive, you know? Right. So I, uh, I think working with an organization like that, uh, is huge cause it can, it can spread out to everyone and we can get videos out and, and coaches can see it and it becomes kind of like an idea, you, you know, you can set, help set up kind of a practice plan and implement all these different things. So that stuff right now is really, really like getting me excited. That's kind of, kind of where my brain is at these days. So, and it should be, man, cause this is awesome stuff. And you know, just to piggyback that, like as a guy who grew up as a hockey player, like yep, you got to know how to hit and how to be hit. If you're going to understand sure. what it means, you know, because as soon as you cower out a little bit or you fold a little bit, man, that's when you get messed up. Sure. Sure. And I, and I said before, like there's that point at some age, whether it's like 11, 12, 13, 14, where physicality takes over the physicality of the game, especially hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked a couple of years, 
at a facility down the road, I kind of like was going back and forth between my facility and there. There's a, a huge ice arena uh, in the next town over. And so I got to work with a bunch of the hockey teams in there. And that was one of the things like I try to like get across, especially the kids who were kind of turning into teenagers. Like they play a lot of hockey, you know, and, yeah. and sometimes the kids would come in and not want to do what I wanted them to do. And so I had a few times sit them down. I'm like, fellas, listen, like I'm not here to like, I don't want to scream and yell at you. I just want you to listen to me. If you guys love hockey and you want to keep playing, there's going to come to a time where you're going to have to be aggressive and physical or someone's going to take you out, you know? And I was like, this is where you get it done, right? This is where it starts. You start to put the foundation in now to get stronger, to be able to handle what you're going to be going up against in the next few years. And so they were like, yeah, you know, they start to figure it out. They get it, you know? Um, so I, that's why I say any of those sports lacrosse too, same thing. You know, I think, I think that sport as well. I worked with, uh, with my kid, one of my sons played for a year. So I helped coach. And then when I watched the older kids, it was definitely like the kids who are more physical and aggressive. Those are the kids who really did well. And the kids that were, were, you know, not not physically prepared, they fell by the wayside. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no wonder why so many kids drop out of sports at like around age 12, 13. Right. Just think if, if they were more athletic and, and, and stronger and a little bit faster, just general athletic qualities, would they would probably, they would probably, you know, stick with it longer. No doubt. Jeremy, this is awesome. Where can people find out more about you and what you're doing and they can get involved with this? Uh, you know, I, my, um, social media is, I feel like I meet everyone on there as far as coaches. Now it's such a great platform to be able to, to exchange ideas and, and connect with people. Um, so, you know, Twitter, Twitter, mm-hmm. I pretty much, my Twitter account is, uh, everything is just the long-term athletic development. You know, I try to put all the stuff that I'm doing with the kids and, and, and the kind of direction we're going, I try to put that on there. Um, so that, and then, uh, so it's just, it's, I think it's just under my name. It might be under a chief performance, but I'm pretty sure it's just Jeremy Frisch. Um, and that's probably one of the best, best ways, but you know, Instagram as well. I have an achieved performance ac- account where we post our videos of our athletes training, even some of our, our adults, the things again, we're doing with the kids. Um, you know, I just think, you know, it's funny for me. Sometimes I look back like a year ago and try to see what I was doing and I'm like, oh man, I totally forgot. Yeah, I think you learn so much uh, as a coach and you, if you coach a, a lot, you do a lot of sessions, you sometimes come up with new stuff and you forget what you were doing before. And so I like to go back and see those things, like kind of what we were doing last year and the year before that. So it's, uh, like I said, it's exciting. I think, I think, uh, this day and age we can exchange a lot of ideas, uh, even doing podcasts like this, you know, you and I can talk and, and, and really, uh, get the word or get the, get the the ideas, the things that I'm trying to do out to other people. And then when other people hear it, they get back to me and ask me questions and have ideas. And that's just like awesome because it just kind of spreads everywhere. I love it. A hundred percent. And listen, man, keep fighting the good fight because this is important and it's really awesome what you guys are building up there. And it's, uh, I love it, dude, and I can't thank you enough for the time and being so open and honest and candid in your sharing with what you guys are putting together. This is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it.
Thanks. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, man. We'll be in touch really soon. Thanks a bunch, Jeremy. All right. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you. And a huge thank you to Jeremy Fresh for giving us that inside look into everything awesome that they're doing up there to Chief Performance in Massachusetts. Guys, like we talk about the necessity of this long-term athletic development model, and we've got a guy out there in the front lines working his tail off to build it for us and just open and honestly sharing every aspect of it. I cannot thank Jeremy enough for just an absolutely fantastic breakdown of what they're doing. And guys, as always, if you enjoyed the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. And as always, guys, if you know anyone that could benefit from the information provided on the podcast, share the episode with them. Email them a link. DM them a link. Tag them on it. Tweet it at them, whatever it may be. Again, we're just trying to get the best information possible out there to all the fantastic coaches that are involved with Central Virginia Sport Performance. And as always, guys, Thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.